0: You are listening to the Airing Cupboard, the podcast where the extraordinary stories of ordinary people get an airing. Phew, that's a mouthful. Welcome back to the Airing Cupboard. Thank you. Are you feeling uh, comfortable? You want to get yourself a little cushion? To sit on the stool? Yeah, no port today, it's a bit early. Yeah, you don't want to fall into that trap. Mm. So you had a busy week this week? Yes, I, um, I had a very busy week because I had the visit of a very special lady. And um, she was with us for a few days and gosh, she had so many stories. Unbelievable. So today, I'm going to tell you just one story and I will keep the others for later Um, but I will tell you one story and it's a story that happened to her when she was a child. Mm. Um, She grew up in Congo which at the time was a Belgian colony in Africa. Um, When the story happens it's a very, very early 50s and she is about 8 9 years old it's month of july and her mother who by now has four very young children is in desperate need of a holiday and that's what people do you know they they live they live in katanga in in the bush and well not quite in the bush but you know in a small town in in the bush and she is desperate to take her four children to the beach to the sea and to give them a holiday and she's desperate for a holiday herself now her husband is is not very happy with this idea and there is a lot of conversation around the decision of going on holiday and eventually she decides that she will go on her own with her four children while he stays behind in Katanga and carries on working and she remembers that there was a lot of argument around this decision of going on holiday and for an occasion that should have been a very happy one it somehow became something quite sad and a memory that was not easy to speak about but the decision was taken the mother would go on her own with the four children while he would stay behind and work. And the day came that they all went. And off they went, very, very long trip. By train, five days, right through Congo and having to stop in Johannesburg in the middle of the night in South Africa to change train. And that was a bit of a moment of panic because the mother got uh, four children out of the train and realized that the cabin for the small family hadn't been booked somehow the train company had made a mistake and hadn't booked this cabin for them so so you can understand the moment of panic for this for this little girl in the middle of the night trying to change train and the mother is there with baby in her arms and basket and And luggage Um, and eventually the train takes them all the way to Durban on the Indian Ocean and there they had booked a few rooms in a convent on the seaside she said it was an extraordinary place nestled on a hill amongst the sugarcane plantation in front of the beautiful Indian Ocean. Now you have to remember that was the first time that she saw the ocean. It was the first time that any of those children saw the ocean. It was just extraordinary. The convent had organized um, itself during the months of the holidays as a bed and breakfast and they were welcoming quite a few families there and the nuns were becoming hosts for that season and the place had an air of joy, and although the accommodation was quite basic, it was very charming, and the nuns were a fantastic host. She remembers with great fondness that at tea time, she would have to come back from the beach, walk up the hill through the trees and get back to the convent, and they would be served tea in the front room there, overlooking the sea. And each family had their little table, and that's where she discovered high teas. And she loved them, and she still loves them now. She got to know two twins that were there, um, two little girls, same age, and they made friends very quickly. They were sweet girls. Between them, they just loved observing other guests, and they would imagine in the games and in the playtimes, they would imagine what was happening in the lives of those people. Now her mother seemed to be very happy and very relaxed. The fighting in Katanga with her husband about the holidays seems to be behind her and she is extremely relaxed and enjoying this holiday with her four children. She's meeting people, she's speaking to other guests and, and everybody is having a fantastic holiday and one day as they are on the beach at about 11 o'clock in the morning as she's playing in the sand with her younger siblings here comes on the beach the most amazing couple that she's ever seen he's tall and very handsome and he's pushing in front of him A wheelchair and in the wheelchair is this absolutely beautiful, very frail, young lady with blonde hair all curled up all around her face and as they reach the edge of the beach and cannot go further pushing the wheelchair he then bends down and carries her in his arms and walks on the beach oblivious to anybody looking at them. And the child said that they formed the most extraordinary couple. There seemed to be so much tenderness from this tall, beautiful man towards this young woman in his arm. And they walked and he slowly lowered her down on the beach and organized a little place to stay. and then he turned up his trousers and he took her again in his arm and walked straight into the sea. And the child observed them and was mesmerized. With her little friends, they went on, during the next day or so, to try to understand what was the the story of this couple. They had taken residence in the convent, as other families were there, and they were mesmerized. They just wanted to know what was the story. In drips and draps, they learned that they had just recently married. They had fallen in love and they were just married. And that's all they knew. They knew nothing about them. Just that they were madly in love with each other. And so the holidays carried on and other guests came in. She said that was a lady that came with a daughter And her daughter must have been in her very early 30s. And then there was another gentleman there that came on his own. And although they were sitting on different tables, bit by bit, they started speaking across the table. And between the mother and the younger daughter and the gentleman seems a bit of a friendship started. And the girls amazingly noticed that some days the gentleman and the the daughter would disappear walking quietly and speaking softly on the roads in the sugarcane plantation and they would reappear happy. And they don't really know what happened to them but it was just another little story while they were there. And I can only just imagine those three girls observing and making stories about every single guest in that hotel. But the big favorite was very much the wheelchair couple. They were mesmerized by this couple. Every morning, they would come down at breakfast and push the wheelchair in front of the breakfast table and they would gaze into each other's eyes. And the girls, from wherever they were, observed. And at about 10 or 11 o'clock, he would be pushing the wheelchair all the way down to the beach. And at the edge of the beach, he would bend down carry her in his big strong arms and he would walk into the sea with her and they seemed to be in this bubble of of love and yet mystery. There was so much love and yet what was the hardship behind? The child did wonder. What was the story? Why could she not walk? Had she just become paralyzed? Had she always been paralyzed? Was there an accident? Did he love her before the accident? Did he love her after the accident? So many questions. And then one day at breakfast, that's when it happened. She had just arrived at her table. There was a certain commotion, the child turned back and the noise came from the table of the wheelchair couple. She seemed extremely distressed. The nuns were rushing towards her and her husband was looking at her and and bending down trying to understand what had happened. And then the child understood. She had lost her engagement ring. She seemed so sad about this. He kept on saying to her, darling it doesn't matter, I will get you another one. It doesn't matter, it's only a thing. But she seemed amazingly sad something in her seemed broken about this ring. She had to find it. So everybody got up from breakfast tables and started walking, searching, looking everywhere. They looked and searched the rooms, they searched the front room where they were having breakfast. People walked, retraced every single step that they had taken from the beach, right up to the convent, looked everywhere. Everyone tried. All the guests, all the nuns, everyone tried their best. But the ring was never found. There was so much sadness about this that the young couple decided to leave the hotel and they went back to wherever they lived. And the last thing she saw as she was observing them from her bedroom window, was him pushing her wheelchair towards the taxi and carrying her in and the door shutting, the wheelchair folded and packed in the boot of the taxi and them disappearing. And that's the very last time she ever saw them. But for the young child, the loss of the ring Somehow, stigmatized the arrival of sadness in a love story, and I suppose from the height of a eight, nine, ten years old, it also crystallized the memory of the big arguments that her parents had had before this big holiday, and a certain sadness came upon the entire hotel from that moment. The ring had been lost, the couple had gone, and somehow a little bit of sunshine had disappeared from the place. But day passed, and the beach was there, the sea was there, and children are young, and more guests arrive, and indeed a, a lady arrived, she was on her own, and the child's mother became Quite close, they used to sit at breakfast table together, and they seemed to become quite good friends and She remembers seeing her mother and the lady speaking together. The lady seemed to have all sorts of love problem, and she was always confiding in her mother and Often they would be sitting on the beach next to each other. The children were not in earshot, and as it seems, the adult made sure that was the case but she could see with the body language that was all sorts of confidence being told and, and secrets revealed. And one afternoon, as the child is building a sandcastle there on the beach and running from the sea to the sandcastle, bringing water, waiting for it to drain and running again, and as she is kneeling down next to a castle there, she sees her mother and the lady next to each other speaking together. And her mother is on her elbow, lying half down, catching the last glimpse of the late afternoon sun. And with her hands, she's digging in the sand as she's speaking. And suddenly, she saw her sit back up. She looked around her, and there was some sort of great animation. The child ran towards her and the mother said, I've got it, darling. I found it. I've got the ring. She just disappeared as fast as she could, running back towards the convent, shouting, I have found the ring. We must phone. We must telegraph them. I have found the ring. And she disappeared towards the convent. And that's pretty much the end of the story. So the nuns called the couple uh, or telegraphed them, I'm not sure, and, and eventually they were reunited with their ring. The child never got to see them. They didn't come back to the convent to, to pick up the ring. I don't really know how they got it back. But for the child, it was a moment of pure joy and more to the point A moment of resolution where love was somehow made right again. So with the wheelchair couple, were they ever seen again? Well, not as far as I know. And I would love to know if anybody um, was able to give us indication about this. That would be amazing. In an actual fact, you know, when I upload my podcast, I'm able to see where, in what part of the world, those podcasts are being listened to. And quite a few people listening to those podcasts in Africa. So I would absolutely love to hear any news of of those people. Obviously, they have both died now. But maybe somebody from their family would actually remember this story and manage to identify them and give us some news of them and what became of them. never know a lot. I know you never know a lot but what I can say is that for the the feeling that the child had about the love of her own fathers and mothers I can say that they stayed married I can't say happily married because obviously that bit belongs to them and I'm not there to know. Mm. Well thank you for that moving story. Yeah thanks for listening to it.